Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Heat Wave, powered by Fantasy Football by Brodo. 32 teams in 32 days. We're doing it Brodo style, discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. Today we're taking a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, the new look Jacksonville Jags, the Urban Meyer led Jacksonville Jags. Uh, I'm your host Jason, joined by Michael. He got the tunes. Before we get started, we wanted to remind you about our darling app. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. The only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team, to keep a winning team, to win a championship. Free for a limited time. You get fantasy player cards, a who to draft tool. That means you can compare players. PPR, non-PPR, standard. Uh, super flex. You could put it in, pick two players. You'll see who we are. Our conglomerate rankings prefer. They give you a confidence percentage. It's useful. Podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, advanced stats, exclusive stats like true throw value, true target value, uh, rushing yards over expected, points for opportunity, excluding touchdowns. Free for a limited time. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash protofantasy. Every dollar we get goes to this app. Join now to support the show and the app. Most importantly, you can also join the community. You can play in Broto Leagues. Time is running out to join. You can get an extra podcast per week. You can get a waiver podcast, private team consultations, free giveaways, much, much more. Uh, and as always, you can find it on the Brodo. Find everything on the Brodo Hub, brotofantasy.com, uh, where we also just uploaded a cheat sheet that is not on the app, that is just for desktop, um, where you could mark off who's being drafted and such while you're drafting with Brodo rankings in front of you. Now, let's dive in to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are led by... The one, the only, Urban Maya, coming from college. Look, I don't want to spend that much time on Urban Meyer because this guy, at the end of the day, spent a first-round pick on a running back and refuses to name Trevor Lawrence the quarterback. So It's, it's quite absurd at this point. He's living in his own world. I think the more important thing to note is that he brought in Darren Bevel to be his offensive coordinator. And Darren okay. Bevel, Urban Meyer said, Bevel will call the plays. And last year, only Doug Marone, interim coach, had a higher pass percentage. Darren Bevel on the Lions last year when he was the head coach threw the ball 64.3% of the time. Now, that's interesting because they have a rookie running quarterback. They have a running back who was a rookie last year who based on volume, did great. They drafted a first-round running back. And Urban Meyer, coming from college, may want to be running more. So it's interesting to compare these two things. So, But before we get to the passing attack, Trevor Lawrence and those weapons, let's talk about ETN and J-Rob for a little bit. Because James Robinson, according to Sleeper, still going in the 20s of running backs. Like running back 26 or something. Um, ETN... A little ahead of him. ETN's going like 22nd. 
So this is a guy who could take the reins quickly. He could take the reins at the end of the year. James Robinson could be around for a long time. They could be James Robinson. Etn could share time. I'd put my money on Etn taking over sooner rather than later. But what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, James Robinson was a product of volume last year, folks. And look, it was a great story. He had a stupendous rookie season. Right, he was a UDFA that was buried on the depth chart. Ended up rushing for a thousand seventy yards and catching forty nine balls for three hundred forty yards, ten touchdowns. Was a running back one on the season, but as I stated, it was volume based. He was twenty ninth in yards per carry, thirty second in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. Had negative rushing yards over expected, a negative EPA per attempt. Like these are not stats that make James Robinson look very good outside of being here's 20 carries hopefully you find the end zone which kind of what he was last year he got a ridiculous amount of volume in that offense it was weird how much James Robinson was on the field he almost never came off the field he was an absolute three down workhorse for that team and now it's a new regime like Jason said Urban Meyer comes to town and guess what not only does he draft a new quarterback with the first overall pick in Trevor Lawrence, he drafts his teammate, Travis Etienne, with the 25th pick in the first round. A new running back for a new regime. Yes, James Robinson has been starting early in the preseason. And yes, Urban Meyer said he's going to get early down work. But he's also already splitting early down work a bit with Carlos Hyde in the preseason. And Travis Etienne has been the third down back. Investing in James Robinson means you are investing in a volume-based back who lost a lot of volume. Why do you want a player on your roster in the first eight rounds who will see maybe 12 carries and one target on a bad team that's expected to be trailing and you have to hope he finds the end zone? Like, where is the upside for James Robinson this season? It's one of the most boring, quote-unquote, safe mid-round picks that you could make, and there's zero upside. Why do you want that player on your team? There is no reason for it. Because, well, NJ, would you be shocked? Would anyone be shocked if Travis Etienne pulls a J.K. Dobbins, a Jonathan Taylor, any of the most recent good running backs who take over halfway through the season? No, of course not. No, of course not. He's at RB28, 69.5 overall right now. You kidding me? That's his seventh round. Sorry, sixth round. That's a joke. Like, do not take James Robinson in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. I wouldn't take James Robinson maybe in the 11th round. I'd consider it. I do not want a early down, low volume type guy in a bad offense on my team because there is zero upside. Unless something happens to Travis Etienne. Etienne, on the other hand, going as the RB22, 47th overall off the board. A teensy bit expensive for my taste. Teensy. A teensy bit. Let's be honest here. But I understand it. Here's a guy who is 100% starting the season catching passes on a team that is likely to be trailing. He has a first-round capital. He's paired with his teammate. And he's just good. He was a star at Clemson. And now he gets this this spot here in 
Jacksonville with a chance to run away with the job, I think. And I think he could be the Jonathan Taylor and the J.K. Dobbins of last season who, halfway through the season, you're going to be pretty damn happy to have him. But drafting him at pick 47, you're going to need... You're going to need to make up for that. You cannot draft Travis Etienne pick 47 expecting to have like a top 20 guy right out of the bat. That's just not going to be the case. Yeah. So you're going to need to have a contingency plan if you take that plunge with Travis Etienne. So I'm I'm kind of okay with taking Etienne there. He's not someone I've been like actively targeting at that price. He's fallen into the 5th round and 6th round a bit. And that's when I like him a bit more. Like I don't want to spend the. F- I don't want him to be my fourth best player leaving the draft or the fourth round pick leaving the draft. But James Robinson. You see the man, upside though. I do see the upside, which is why I'm okay with it. You just have to have a contingency plan in place for the beginning of the season, at least. Maybe if you get him, you could probably. Melvin Gordon's going kind of late. He'll have a role early in the season. Yeah, but James Robinson. But that's the thing. Like, why isn't James Robinson going where Melvin Gordon is going? I don't know. Good question. That's why we're on this podcast. And I'd rather have Melvin Gordon than James Robinson. Same. By my So, yeah. No thank you for James Robinson from the Brodo team this season, it seems. From the Brodo A resounding team. no. Because we talk for Cass and Tim, too. They can never disagree with us. We are superior to them. True. They can't even argue. <laughs> so, let me get to the quarterback. Um, It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. If... Fucking Urban Meyer decides to name Gardner Minshew the Gardner Minshew the starter. I don't even know what to say. So it's going to be Dr- Trevor Lawrence. The question here then for me is: Is the Jaguars' offense even deep? Because a lot of people think that it's deep, but if we look at the team, there's Travis Etienne, rookie running back. There's James Robinson, running back who depended on volume last year, and then you look at the receivers. They bring in Marvin Jones. Who's Marvin Jones? You know? He's going to put up his numbers. He'll be fine. But he's Marvin Jones. Then they have DJ Chark on the outside. Has been very inconsistent in his young career. He had one season where he looked like a budding star. Then he follows it with a season where he's not really productive at all. Not sure what to expect from DJ Chark. And then you have LaVisca Chenault. Everyone's favorite darling. Who honestly, to me, hasn't proven anything more than that he's a gadget player. Can he be much better? Yeah. But we don't know. So there are question marks all over this all over this offense. And then we go to Trevor Lawrence, another question mark. And even if he is this generational quarterback, last year Aaron Rodgers broke records, won MVP. He didn't break records, but he, he won MVP. And he was quarterback three. So, if you're a rookie quarterback, you're not going to play at an MVP level. You're going to need to use your legs if you want to be a top 10 quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence can use his legs. He has a 563 rushing yard, nine touchdown season under his belt. But he's obviously not a clear as, run, as clear a runner as Trey Lance or Justin Fields. He, he can move. He's more like... He's going to run more than fucking... He's, he'll probably run a little bit more than Baker Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion. Definitely more than... Like, it'll Baker be a Mayfield. Ryan Tannehill-esque rushing type performance for Trevor Lawrence. And Tannehill is an underrated rusher. But right now, his ADP on sleepers quarterback 10. 
And that is a steep price to pay for a rookie quarterback, man. A steep price to pay. Before last season, because even like Justin Herbert was broke rookie records. Talk about breaking records. He broke rookie records. And he wasn't a week in, week out, solid quarterback one, right? And my fear for people playing out there is you're drafting Trevor Lawrence at quarterback 10 thinking he's going to be your quarterback one. When he doesn't have the rushing upside to offer the higher ceiling, he'll move, use his legs, but he doesn't have the upside of Lance or Fields. He can be a fine streamer, but his weapons are a question mark. And he's going at quarterback 10, according to Sleeper. Even quarterback 14 is too high for me. I'm probably letting other people take a chance on Lawrence. I'd pick him up off waivers if he had a good, like, if he was playing well and had a good matchup. But I don't see him having a Justin Herbert-esque, like, break rookie record season. Because I just don't know if his weapons are good enough. Which, I'll just go to tight ends, Michael. You could talk about wide receivers soon. Because the tight ends are a joke. Tight ends are Chris Manhurts and James O'Shawn Hennessy. James O'Shawn Hennessy. Which is baby. actually O'Shaughnessy, but O'Shawn Hennessy is way more fun to say. Is that from Key and Peele? O'Shawn Hennessy, or do we just say it? It's from somewhere. It's from Key and Peele, yeah. And when you look at the tight ends, it becomes clear to me that the Jaguars, even though Darren Bevel, as I said earlier, was second in the league in pass percentage, if you count interim head coaches last year, they want to run. Because Chris Manhurts has 12 receptions over his 70 career games. And Mr. O'Shawn Hennessy has never had more than 28 catches in a season. So they got two blocking tight ends that they'll probably both be on opposite sides of the O-line sometimes, both lining up tight. And then you have young players who have upside who are also questionable. Anchored by Marvin Jones, who all due respect to Marvin Jones, has been a really good player. He's a solid player, but he's solid. He's not coming and changing an offense. So I'm passing up on Trevor Lawrence. I You don't need to think about Manhurts or O'Shawn Hennessy when you're drafting. I just think Lawrence is a little too high in ADP, kind of like how Michael thinks Etienne is a little too high in ADP. We see the upside. I'll just let someone else take the shot. I'm okay missing out on it. Etienne, I'm a little... I'm a little um, warmer, too, than Michael. I'm cool taking him once he gets to, like, the fifth, sixth round. Yeah, I'm fine with that, too. Like the, his ADP is currently in the fourth, it's, which is a little steep for me, too. Yeah, I'll be the I'll be at the end of the fourth, 47th overall. All right. But, all right, so if you agree with me and Trevor Lawrence, then how do you see these receivers playing out? Yeah, um, the Jaguars are another team where I don't think I'm going to be missing out on much even if I don't have much exposure to the team. Like, even if I do miss on a couple of these guys, I don't think they're going to move the needle enough where you're like, damn, I really missed out on this guy. So it's not a team I'm actively targeting currently, but it's not a team I'm also not just staying... I'm also not just staying away from the team completely. Like, DJ Chark right now, wide receiver 32 ADP, 74th overall. Wide receiver 32 ADP is really not bad for DJ Chark. People forget he is a physical specimen, very big, very fast. And his sophomore season in 2019, he eclipsed 1,000 yards on 73 receptions and had eight receiving touchdowns. He was 13th in points per game in 2019. And then in 2020, not nearly as good, but he dealt with injuries. He was still top 10 in the league in average depth of target. 
He was 26th in true target value, 40th in points per game, which is concerning, of course. But he still had solid games. Like, he had two games where he was a top five player. He had, um, he was a top 36 player a few times, excuse me, six times he was a top 36 player. So, he really had bad games too, though, right? Like, five times he was wide receiver 74 or worse. That's not good. He had those really, really bad games. But again, it was Gardner Minshew at quarterback. DJ Chark was still the number one receiver in that offense. And now Trevor Lawrence, I don't think it's debatable. He's going to be better than Gardner Minshew, even starting as a rookie. <clears throat> Which makes DJ Chark's wide receiver 32, um, ADP right now, more enticing. Because if he is able to find that form that he was in in 2019 prior to the injuries where he was more consistent, he's going to be a steal because a wide receiver 32 points per game of 13th is a big difference. So I do think DJ Chark, even though I'm not like actively, actively targeting him, he is someone I've been getting a bit warmer towards and someone I've been drafting a little bit more often because I do see the upside there. Um, but then LaVisca Chenault, on the other hand, I don't get it. I really don't understand like this huge LaVisca Chenault hype. He's currently going as a wide receiver 40 in sleeper ADP. Earlier than that in like FFPC and underdog leagues. Because the hype is real with LaVisca Chenault. Last season he was 58th in true target value. 57th in points per game. So basically exactly what was expected. Uh, 58 receptions on 79 targets. 5 receiving touchdowns. 18 rush attempts. So you always like to get that like that Robert Woods-esque rush attempt every now and then. Um, to get you an extra point or two. And now people are expecting LaVisca Chenault to have some sort of breakout season when he just, I like, I don't really see it. He didn't have a single game last season better than wide receiver 21. Like, wide receiver 21 was his best finish. He's not a massive human, right? He's not going to be the DJ Chark run down the field and catch on top of someone. He's going to need plays... He's probably going to be coming out of the slot, maybe in the backfield and such. That's what most people are excited about, right? Urban Meyer treating LaVisca Chenault like a Curtis Samuel. Yeah. But those are like gadget-style plays, and it's the NFL, not college. Correct. It's not Ohio State versus Toledo, right? Like, these are NFL players. So how much is this gadget type of player supposed to work out? Even if, if LaVisca Chenault has Curtis Samuel's season of last year, you'd probably be hyped. But even then, it's not even, it's not, like I said, a needle-moving type of season for LaVisca Chenault. Like, where's the path for Chenault to be a consistent producer in that offense? When you have DJ Chark, Travis Etienne, and Javon Robinson in the backfield, and Marvin Jones on the outside there. Like, I just don't see a path for Chenault being a consistent weekly producer. Because then you have Marvin Jones as well, who may very well end up being the best player at cost on this team. Going at wide receiver 58, 160th overall. Basically completely forgotten about. And Marvin Jones, as we know, has been very consistently solid four years now as a member of the Lions, as a member of the Bengals. Uh, Jones ended last year, three of his last six games, as a top five receiver. That's not bad. <laughs> like three top five games, excuse me, over the last seven weeks, he was a top five receiver. 
He's older now. He's not someone I'm like super actively targeting because I like upside. And Marvin Jones does not present a whole ton of upside. He's older. You know what you're going to get. He's a veteran in that locker room. He'll be a good bye week fill-in, I think. Um, He'll be a decent guy to have on your bench. He'll have decent weeks in best ball drafts. But I just don't see the overall appeal in this offense that much. Of the bunch, I like DJ Chark the best. LaVisca Chenault, I'm just struggling to get behind it. He's one of those huge hype guys, and I just don't see it. And then Marvin Jones is more so a safety bi-week fill-in type guy who I think will certainly end higher than wide receiver 58. But again, not really going to move the needle. I'd rather take a shot on a higher upside type guy once I get that late in the draft. I feel that. So then who's the one injury away? Probably one of the running backs, right? I'd go ETN, yeah, or Robinson if one of them goes down and then they get into three down territory. Or if Carlos Hyde steps in and starts stealing work, then Urban Meyer is going to... People are going to start running a pitchforks to Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't see that happening. So, we'll see. I agree. One injury away has to be ETN or Robinson. Based on ADP, preferably ETN. Because if Robinson gets hurt, then his ADP should pay off. Yeah. And that's it for the Jaguars. We have one AFC South team left. Um, so you can guess who's next, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, thanks for listening. You can follow us at Broto Fantasy. You can follow me at Broto FF Jason, Tim at Broto FF Tim, Michael at Broto FF Mike, Cass at Broto FF Casanova. Um, you can get everything, including our new cheat sheet at BrotoFantasy.com. You can get a shitload of shit on the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Uh, and then you can support the show, the app, all of Broto at patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Thank you and see you tomorrow. Later. Heat wave.